in modern war movies, bodies are torn asunder with grotesque special effects. But not in Civil War movies, where people die courtly and appropriate deaths clutching at their bloodless tunics. Except at the Pamplin Park. We'll find out why when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. On Sound Authors, you can expect the unexpected. Kent Gustafson, Ph.D., author, publisher, professional musician, and now talk radio show host, will not only entertain you, but with new books and guest authors from around the world, will interview talented, independent musicians showcasing their fresh new music. Plan to join Dr. Kent and friends each Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on World Talk Radio Studio A. Sound Authors, where authors sound off. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors cried the second. I hope it has the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with A. Wilson Green, director of the Pamplin Historical Park and Museum of the Civil War Soldier, located uh, near Petersburg, Virginia. It is... Uh, one of the premier sites combining uh, a state-of-the-art museum of Civil War history with uh, an actual historical site, uh, with the section of, of the Petersburg campaign where dramatic events happened in April 1865. So it really gives you both uh, the visitor center effect and the uh, uh, the site itself. 
And it is a, a unique site in a number of ways. One of them we've talked about in our first segment is that it is privately owned. It is not a National Park Service site, but exists through the generosity of private donors. Um, well, in terms of how the museum supports itself, uh, I assume your, your your original donors are continuing to support the institution. Yes, yes, we are. They are Jerry the uh, the Pamplin Foundation, which is the charitable arm of the R. B. Pamplin Corporation, um, which is a privately owned company out in the Pacific Northwest, has been very generous with us. But as uh, as most nonprofit presidents and directors understand we are constantly uh, under under siege to uh, raise money both through earned income and through contributions from foundations and individuals and and our park members so um, that's uh, a lot of what we do here is making sure that we have the means to to maintain this site and to build it to, to its full potential well, that's something every, like you say, every nonprofit deals with. Uh, I visited there late last year, in 2007, and I remember having to pay an admission fee, which, in contrast to say Gettysburg, where you can drive around all day without paying anything, uh, there is an entrance fee. But by the time I was done there, I, I carved out like an hour and a half in my schedule, driving from somewhere to somewhere else. Um, and I was late for wherever I was going because I stayed much longer at your place than I meant to. Uh, and I thought I got every bit of my money's worth uh, from the visit, and, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, I also noticed uh, I, I spent some time in your museum store. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every museum uh, has a gift shop, it seems. That's part of what, what they have. My experience as uh, after working in museums is I often are, find myself more interested in the store than the museum, especially if it's uh, not a particularly innovative museum. I'll think, I've seen all that stuff. Okay, you've seen right. mini ball, you've seen them all. Uh, but what do they have that I can take home? And you have some pretty interesting stuff in your uh, store. Well, our, you know, I, you're, you're exactly right. I think uh, anybody who runs a, a museum or a historic site or a historic home uh, depends on income from their store operations, and uh, we have learned that it's very, very difficult to follow old models in museum stores, which relied so much on on book sales. In an era where the retail price of books has escalated, and there are options for book buyers that provide them discounts to buy recently in in, in print books, we have to diversify our stock quite a bit to sell educational materials and uh, videos, DVDs, uh, and some sort of souvenir-type items that, that meet educational criteria but are also a little bit beyond the traditional bookstore that you expect to see, say, in a national battlefield park. Well, I, I think you have to do that. I'm looking right now at a, a pack of what is called uh, Cyrus Wakefield's Original Fruit-Flavored Cartridge Candy. We are the number one seller for Mr. Wakefield in the entire world. Wow. Cartridge the slogan says you pour it down your muzzle. What this is, uh, if listeners can envision it, is it looks like a, uh, a Civil War rifle cartridge, uh, brown paper, uh, cylindrical, a couple and four, three inches long, uh, twisted, shot at one end. And I've not opened mine yet, um, uh, but I can see inside at, at the closed end there's a ball, I'm guessing like a gumball. Uh, some kind of candy uh, tied off with a rubber band, and the rest would be the powder, a, a fruit-flavored powder that would be gunpowder in a real cartridge. 
but I haven't opened it because I use it when I do demonstrations for school children. Um, no kidding. Uh, and, and it's I used if I can get a real cartridge, I use that. But you know, bringing gunpowder in the schools, you get into issues. Uh, so just having it on hand, I find it's a, a handy prop. And uh, well, your dentist certainly would uh, recommend that you eat it, so he can continue to pay for his new boat. That, yeah, they would do that. Well, I've got uh, I've got orthodontia issues with the kids, so uh, I'm, I'm doing my bit there to support America's uh, dental industry. Um, that was one thing I bought in your store. And the other thing I bought, which, which I'd like to talk with you about uh, a little bit here, is a DVD uh, called War So Terrible, a Civil War combat film, which is uh, available only, I believe, at your your institution. And it's on the side, it says Pamplin Historical Park. It's got your logo. Um, and it says on the back, War So Terrible is shown exclusively at Pamplin Historical Park. That's correct. So this is your film. We commissioned, we worked with a very fine film company uh, out of uh, Lansing, Michigan, which has done a number of educational films, uh, particularly Civil War related, but not exclusively Civil War related. When we sat down with their their producers and director and told them what our, our mission was in this, in doing these films, there, there's actually two versions of them. One is uh, longer and a little more graphic, and the other is uh, designed for a, a shorter school visit type of showing. But our among many of our of our goals, and something I suspect that you're interested in, your listeners might be interested in, is the concept that uh, I've always asked myself as I've gone on countless Civil War battlefields over the last 45 years, what do people see when they stand at the Little Round Top or the Hornet's Nest at Shiloh or the end of the Breakthrough Trail at Pamplin Historical Park and places where tremendous combat occurred, where hundreds of men were shot and grizzly died in grizzly fashion, what do they really see when they look out on that landscape? And I doubt that many visitors actually have a frame of reference for the absolutely horrible experience of being on a Civil War battlefield. And I don't know that we do a very good job in the public history arena of linking the, 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 the obvious outcomes of combat to the, to the historic site. So we wanted to use this film as a, as a mechanism to suggest to viewers and visitors that, uh, that this had terrible physical and emotional consequences, that, that the war was, uh, was many things, but it was also uh, a purveyor of havoc uh, upon the human body. And uh, so we set out to try to approximate for the Civil War what, say, the first 30 minutes of Saving Private Ryan did for, for D-Day, uh, which I thought was very powerful footage. So, so not to put a, too fine a point on it, this is a Civil War movie where if someone gets uh, their arm shot off by uh, a round shot, the, the viewer sees the ar- an arm getting shot off. That's right. Uh, uh, we, we, we've done that. The, the folks who made the film were very good with, the, with their special effects. And uh, you'll, you'll see that. You'll see people run through with bayonets. You'll see heads blown off through canister. 
I mean, this all sounds, uh, it's, uh, at the risk, I, I don't want it to sound gratuitous, Jerry, because it's not, it was not designed, and I don't think it is, violence for violence's sake. It's not to shock people. It, in fact, we, the, the film is a story. If you've seen it and you'll realize, yeah. I think it's kind of, a, kind of a touching story about, about brothers and, and uh, about opponents on battlefields who come to know each other after the Civil War as well. So the combat scenes are in the context of this moving story about people and the impact of combat on their psyches as well. But we try not to sugarcoat it uh, so that, um, let's say that 12-year-old student who comes to a battlefield park, uh, how many times have I heard him say and, and delight, oh, this is cool, the Civil War was cool. Well, the Civil War was not cool. It was many things, but it was not fun. And uh, we're not anti-war here. Our message is not an anti-war message. It's simply a message of uh, that war has consequences, and those consequences include um, uh, death and, and suffering. Well, I, I, both of those, those are interesting things to hear from a, a museum director who, who needs visitors to, to come to the park. Uh, one of the things you have uh, as, as an exhibit uh, are... are I guess you call it mock-ups of of uh, the entrenchments mm-hmm. as you're walking from the the main museum to the battlefield center where this film is shown. Uh, you go by uh, a, a recreated entrenchment where you're on the inside of it, and I saw there was a, a box of, of wooden uh, toy muskets. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that, that student groups uh, can take these and can step up on the fire step and look out over the entrenchment and get some sense of what it's like to see the, the enemy, uh, to, to be a soldier in that moment. That's correct, yes. Now, we, have a, we have many, many schools. We have tens of thousands of uh, organized school group children that come here every, every year, and, and we have a, a number of programs that are designed to meet, uh, in our case, the Virginia Standards of Learning is what our standardized curriculum up here um, is called, mm. and uh, part of those programs include the experience of what soldier life was like. Well, I think it's a wonderful way to learn about it, and there are other things in the park that, that, that go further in that direction as well. But as I was walking past that, that uh, uh, entrenchment, it was all I could do not to step up on the fire step myself. The 12-year-old inside of me was going, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I can put on a I, I, it, it's like like the what makes people be reenactors, I suppose. I, I can play soldier. I can step up here and look out over this. And, and if I were ten, uh, when I was setting up the Civil War on the floor of my bedroom with the the marks blue and gray soldiers, here I could be one myself. Uh, totally cool. Then uh, I went and saw the movie. And here you're bringing a message. Uh, you're bringing down the the ten year old uh, excitement within me, the the adult, by reminding me that this is not cool, uh, that this is real life, that these soldiers got killed in brutal ways, that people lost their loved ones. Um, it was a lot to deal with for a visitor. Well, I, I, it is, and we were we were anticipating. Uh... Uh, a, a number of criticisms, and uh, we've done several, I think, kind of controversial museum films uh, here at the park. And War So Terrible is the most recent of them. So we're we're not uh, we're not uh, unused to uh, people second guessing our decisions here. 
I will tell you that we've had remarkably few complaints. Um, uh, we have stepped up our warnings for parents to uh, make sure that they understand there's violence in the, in the longer version of the film, and, and some parents do opt out on the basis of our gentle warnings about their children seeing this. But uh, we, have a, we do have a responsibility to, to uh, entertain. We certainly have a, a mandate to generate attendance, as you say, in order to support the, the park. And uh, we, we are very cognizant of all of that. But I think fundamentally, if we're going to be true to our mission here, we have a, we have a responsibility to teach and be honest and try to avoid bringing our biases to the interpretation of the Civil War and, and let the people of the 19th century speak for themselves. And uh, I doubt that you could talk to any Civil War soldier, uh, if we could go back in time, and tell, ask them about their experiences uh, that they wouldn't, if they were so inclined, they would not talk about their combat experience as being the most memorable and the most vivid of their of their entire three years or four years in the war. Uh, how can we how can we purport to be telling the story of the common soldier in the Civil War and avoid that? Uh, I just don't think we can do it. I, I think that that's a, a strong point and needs. Movie certainly did make an impression. Um, I was there on a quiet uh, uh, day. There, were, there weren't a lot of school groups, and there were some. And I saw the film. Uh, I think there was another family from New Jersey in the theater with me, and I talked to them afterwards uh, out of curiosity. And, and they uh, they were very quiet and, and, and uh, I, I think moved and, and stunned is maybe too strong a word, but uh, but, but certainly. Uh, taken back enough to be be thoughtful about what they had just seen. Well, it's interesting when we first opened the National Museum here, Jerry. We received some some criticism. I think partly from people who hadn't actually been here yet. That's frequently who, the case, isn't it? <laughs> who had who had read about our approach of being uh, I mean to use a, a hackneyed term, high tech museum, the National Civil. National Museum of the Civil War Soldier employs lots of technology to, to deliver its teaching messages. And the criticism we had was, I think, you know, terms like we were Disney-fied and we were more interested in, in you know, sizzle than, than substance. And, uh, uh, you know, this is, uh, that was not, uh, entertaining people in historic sites is great. I think you have to, you have to, uh, you have to be compelling in order to get people's attention. Uh, but it doesn't have to be, uh, that entertainment doesn't have to be lighthearted. And, and again, we, we always, everybody who manages a Civil War or any military history site has that fine line to walk between uh, presenting the facts in a sanitized way or a scholarly way or an entertaining way and dealing with the fundamental truth of their site, which is it's a place where people died. That, that's uh, that is a fundamental uh, issue that that uh, dilemma indeed that, that that is faced at every one of these sites um, and, and your institution has a very very strong and unique perspective on it that, that every visitor ought to see we're going to take another short break we're talking with a Wilson Green from the Pamplin Historical Park we'll be back in just a moment on Civil War talk radio mm-hmm. 